What's up, everybody? Today, we are going to be talking about an individual that we don't even know the name of. All we know about this guy's backstory is that he was a thief who was being executed for his crimes. He most likely lived a life apart from God's ways and did not follow his commandments. But there is another thief there with him, and the differences between the two are like night and day. This message is about a thief, a thief that comes face to face with the love, compassion, mercy, and grace of God. There is a powerful message in this short passage, and it comes from the heart of a thief. Mankind has has a way of rationalizing things and putting degrees of good or bad on things. Let me explain. We look at someone and say their sin or, transgre- or transgression is worse than mine. I might have told a lie, but at least I didn't steal something. I might have done this, but I didn't do what they did. In our eyes, there is a hierarchy of sin. Some not so bad and others re- unredeemable in our eyes. There are, you know, there are definitely different levels of punishment, you know, or uh, consequences that come with different crimes or transgressions or sins. You know, we might look at someone who cheats someone out of something in a business deal and just give them a pass because it's just business, right? Then we might see someone get arrested for stealing and we want them thrown in jail because they're a menace to society, right? Don't get me wrong. Certain things should have harsher punishment than others, and certain crimes, sins, or transgressions carry heavier consequences and have a much more devastating impact on others. However, what I'm getting at is that we have a tendency to think we are better than someone because their sins are worse than ours. If we knew, you know, uh, if you if you knew someone was a thief was a thief would you listen to anything he or she has to say probably not i probably wouldn't either that's why this message from a thief caught me off guard but it is worth hearing i promise you romans 3:23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god romans 6:23 says the wages of our sin is death that means you know, being separated from God for eternity. So in this one way, all sin, no matter how big or small, is the same in the fact that all sin separates us from God. We fall short every time, and the eternal consequence for all sin is the same. Without Jesus' blood, we are bound for hell to be separated from God for an eternity. But Romans 5.8 reminds us, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Because Jesus paid the price, we can be free of the burden and weight of our sin. Because of his sacrifice, we can place our trust in him and hold on to the promise of heaven. Romans 10.13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's it. It doesn't say if you call on him by this age or by this time. And it doesn't say as long as you haven't done these things, you can call on the Lord. It says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, no matter when, even if, even if it's in your dying breath. It is never too late. 
because we serve a loving Father who is patient toward us, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. 2 Peter 3.9 That is where we find this thief. He has reached the end of his life, and he is now hanging from a cross next to Jesus. Let me say this. If you're going to go out like that, there is no better company than what he had. Like I said before, it's no accident God positions the right person in the right place at the right time. This guy was already set to be executed for his crimes, but God knew his heart would be softened, and he positioned him right next to the only one who could save him in his dying breath. I don't believe it was accidental or luck of the draw. I believe God allowed him to be placed right next to his son so that he could be saved. You know, so that even as he hung on the cross, he could have the chance to be redeemed. I mean, that is that is such a loving and compassionate father that, I mean, all the way to his last breath, God was orchestrating the circumstances so that he could be in the right place at the right time so that he wouldn't die in his sin. So we pick up in Luke 23, 39 through 43. And at this point, Jesus is on the cross and there are two thieves with him, you know, one on each side. And verse 39 says, one of the criminals who uh, were hanged railed at him or yelled at, at Jesus saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. So we see the first thief yelling at Jesus, mocking him, saying, if you really are the Messiah, then save yourself and us. In other words, I don't believe you, so prove it. Interestingly enough, Satan tried to provoke Jesus in a similar way when he told him to throw himself off the highest point of the temple. Satan tried to tempt Jesus into misusing his power, and this thief takes a similar approach. Now, here comes the response by the other thief. You can clearly see the heart of this guy. Verse 40 through 41, But the other rebuked him, talking about the other thief, rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. First of all, this guy is hanging there dying on the cross, but he takes a stand for Jesus. He owns up to what he has done and admits that he deserves his punishment just like the other thief. But he defends Jesus, declaring that they that they deserve what they are getting, but Jesus does not. He is innocent and has done nothing wrong. This guy's heart was in the right place. The stage was set. He realized he was deserving of his punishment like we all are. Yet he recognizes the King of Kings and calls on, on Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. Verse 42 and 43 says, And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Jesus said this to him, he said, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This guy's last words were all God needed to hear. I wonder if any of the angels were watching and thinking, Come on, man, you're so close. Just call on his name. And you know, and as soon as he did, 
they probably jumped up and down and rejoiced as God wrote his name in the book of life. Even while Jesus bore the sins of the world hanging on that cross, his compassion for the lost remained. His mercy and grace was even more abundant. The one thief had an unbelieving, unrepentant heart, and he died in his sin. But the other thief shows us the simplicity and beauty of salvation. He realized he was deserving of his punishment, but Jesus was innocent. Then he recognized the authority of Jesus and asked him to remember him, meaning, I recognize your authority, Jesus, as the King of kings, and I believe you have the power to save me, so when you enter your kingdom, remember me. This was a simple show of faith and hope in Jesus, and it was all Jesus needed to hear. The thief also reminds us that Jesus did not make salvation complicated, so why do we? Keep it simple and full of grace. The thief also shows us that it is never too late. I'm sure everyone had given up hope on this guy, but Jesus didn't. Maybe there is someone that you think is hopeless or it's too late. Don't give up on them and never stop praying for them. We all want that person to come to Christ sooner rather than later, but in the end, we just want them to come to Christ. So, until they breathe their last breath, don't give up on them. This guy lived his whole life for himself, but in the end, he found Christ. And when it comes to eternity, that is all that matters. God, thank you for the cross and what it means to me and every believer out there. Thank you, Jesus, for the finished work of the cross and for paying the price for my sin. Thank you, Jesus, that you never... You never give up on us. All the way to our last breath, you never give up. God, I pray for every believer out there that, that is praying and holding on to hope that a loved one or a friend or coworker or somebody they know would come to know you and give their life to you. I pray that you would give each believer the strength to keep praying and keep holding on to that hope. I ask you, God, to do what only you can do and soften the hearts of those who are lost. Break them if need be, so that they may see that they are dead in their sin and need Jesus. They need a Savior. Bring them to that point where they realize they need you, and apart from you, there is no hope. Place the right people in the right places, Lord, that can be there when they decide to follow you. I pray for a soul harvest. Let the power of your Holy Spirit sweep across this world and tug on the hearts of those who are lost. And let your people go out and declare the victory in Jesus' name. Amen.